Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Cinema Smoketography starring your two favorite hosts. I am Tommy Atomic Rodriguez, also known as the Hookahologist. Joining me today, as always, is the producer man, Isaac. How's everyone doing, guys? We're going to be talking about the most infamous movie of Valentine's Day weekend. You know, it's not Fantasy Island. It's not anything too crazy. It's the date movie everyone wants to go see, Sonic the Hedgehog. Brought to you by Sega. Sega. <laughs> this movie was actually really good. The best part about it, right off the bat, is how they had all the Sega games. The classic Sega games, too. It's focusing on the center point. Odd Sonic, obviously. Right? And it just became... All of it came out together, and it said, Sega Studios. So they're starting their own cinematic universe. We're going to see all the Sega games come under one roof, and then they're going to have their own Infinity War. There's already plenty of Yakuza. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> So, Sonic the Hedgehog. This was most infamous for the terrible CGI Sonic. And that's pretty much why we wanted to see this to begin with. Because we just wanted to see what they were going to do with this character. Plus, we all know video game movies are just there for cash grabs. And they're usually just funny to watch. They're never really good, for the most part. They're just always hilarious. Doom was terrible, but I enjoyed watching The Rock just be The Rock. I mean... I never seen any of the Resident Evil movies, so I can't really say they were bad. You know what? The first two were good. After that, they kind of just went. Ink. And you know, my favorite movie of all time, Super Mario Brothers, is like the greatest comp. Okay, so my greatest video game movie of all time. I second that motion. <laughs> I'm waiting for the sequel. <laughs> That's a terrible movie. But Sonic the Hedgehog. It's actually really. It was a lot better than what mo what me and you thought to begin with. They gave me Detective Pikachu vibe. As far as um, I thought that the Pikachu was gonna be horrible, mm -hmm. and ended up being really good. They I feel like they used the same type of making Sonic look a little bit realistic, but still look cartoony, like the Detective Pikachu. See, I never seen Detective Pikachu, but I can see what you're saying because Ryan Reynolds looked super fluffy and adorable, so he's realistic-ish, yes. but he still has that like cartoon look, just like all the other Pokemon did in that movie. Mm -hmm. And Sonic's the only you know CGI character, so. It actually worked really well, although I can only imagine what the movie would look like if they still kept the original Sonic look. And which made him look more human in a, in a hedgehog form, which I think they were trying to go with in the first place, but obviously you know what happened. Yeah, they were. it got so badly received that they had to redo the entire entire thing, which I think was, was great for Sega to actually... Well, Paramount, really. Paramount going back and doing the whole thing over it just says says that they're listening to fans and actually came out a lot better from what we saw although i did kind of wish gangsters play it paradise played at least once right that would have been hilarious but you know the opening with paramount because normally they have the stars go around i think it was a nice little nod to have all the rings kind of play a factor in all of this and the rings are actually a lot more important than in the movie than what they are in the games, because the games are just what you have to collect throughout throughout the Sonic games. The yeah. rings are actually portals to other planets, or anywhere you really want. You just gotta think of it. I like how they they when they explain the rings, like the rings are how more advanced civilizations travel. Yeah, uh, the way his uh, his his technical parent that raised him mm -hmm. described how to use the rings is basically there's like 
couple. It's like basically one full circle of different dimensions within the planets. Mm -hmm. And he's basically been to every single one of them except for the Mushroom Planet. Yeah. And, he's trying to and his main one. base right now, the Sonic is at right now, is Earth. Yeah. And he's been camping out on Earth for very for a good amount of time, pretty much ten years. Ten, ten years. years was the span. Yeah, about ten years, and basically just hiding in the shadows and spying on people. <laughs> yeah, Sonic's a creep. You know what? What's what's base this out? In a timeline perspective, Sonic was about three. Because in the beginning, they actually explained Sonic's origins. He lives on the on an island in which the island looks exactly like Green Hill Zone from the first Sonic game. So, they made that his home. And he even says in the beginning, he's like, how old do you think Sonic was? I think like at least three or four. He's old, no, probably four or five. He's old enough to talk, mm -hmm. and he's still a kid. Like, And the person who raised him was, what was the owl's name? Longclaw? Longclaw. Longclaw, I want to say. Longclaw raised Sonic. Is Longclaw a new character? Uh, I think it's a new character originally to the movie because I've never seen or heard anything about a long claw. Then again, Sonic's like actual origins is never I've never seen him really be explained. He was just a blue hedgehog. Yeah, and we never actually seen him as a baby. Yeah, so that's very interesting to see. Yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe there actually is a character like that in some way, shape, or form. I'm sure if we read the Archie comics, we're gonna find out. <laughs> it's so I I think but still like that was a perspective and then at Longclaw tells Sonic no don't go outside because you have an extraordinary power that people are gonna want right and Sonic's overconfident and he says yeah no one's gonna no one's gonna see me right so they go and he's getting done from his morning run pretty much next thing you know you see Longclaw just tell him don't do this you know that's bad people are gonna want your power. And no one saw me. The immediate thing happens. We see shadow-like creatures come out. Longclaw and Sonic. And it really looks like the people, the, the creatures that came after him look like Echidna. Because you can see, like, in a clip, small frame, if you pause it quick enough, they have the shadow, the dreads, and the white gloves and red fur, which are Echidna, which leads to the first reference in the movie of... Knuckles, so we might just see Knuckles in a further installment if one comes, which um, they kind of allude to. I don't quite understand about the rings. Is it never further explained about whether or not you could return to the other planets? I think you could. I think you, because the concept, if I'm getting it correctly, you just have to think wherever it is you want to go, because when Sonic throws it... if that's the case, why didn't he return back to his old land? He was wanted over there. But still, I mean, he's a lot older. You would he think could, that's where he would want to go. go and get um, long claw, long claw. Because even though I don't think she's dead, she could be dead. At the same More time, you never know. Yeah, there you go. Guess we'll find out in the sequel, folks. Yes, we will. So Sonic is now living on Earth, and he lives in a cave, which, which is kind of cool. Because Sonic, li Sonic lives a very happy life. It's just uh, very, very lonely, which he, they play on a lot, on the sense of he's looking for his home. And he doesn't want to go to the Mushroom Planet. He really doesn't want to go to the Mushroom Planet. And then, so, we pretty much see the first, like, 10, 15 minutes is Sonic. Just how Sonic lives. He has names for everybody who's in town. His two favorite people to watch are Donut Lord and Pretzel Lady. And he really feels like that's his family. Is And it's super funny. He's like, yeah, we're all, like, best friends that no one ever sees. 
They're like a family. They just don't know that I'm there. Ever. And Donut Lord and Pretzel Lady are a married couple by Tom and... What was the... God, I forgot her name. We just got done seeing this movie, so forgive us if we don't remember everyone's name right off the bat. So yeah, Pretzel Lady and Donut Lord. Those are the two, two titular characters. One is named Tom. And he's pretty much a cop that deals with uh, with all kinds of talking CGI animals because he was also the cop in Hop. So that's always real fun. Like, Cyclops and Sonic the Hedgehog are teaming up those. That's right. Maddie. Maddie. Okay. Pretzel Lady is Maddie. So, and you know what's really cool too is that the first scene where we where we saw in the original trailer where Sonic's running on that highway. We still got somewhat of that clip, but Sonic's like right chasing the radar gun, and he's just trying to prove his his best time. Because I think the first one was two ninety seven. He did it again. He hit three hundred. So you just see Sonic in the background cheering, like, "Yeah, I did it! I did it!" Which was which was interesting. And the cop Tom doesn't want to doesn't want to be there. They're in a small town in uh, yeah, Montana. He, he basically just wants to prove himself. You know, he wants to he wants to save people in a bigger environment to show that he's that he got what it takes basically yeah and it, 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 this whole movie is basically about checking things off bucket list for the most part yeah right Sonic has a lot of things he's never done well because he's never had friends so he, everything's pretty much new to him and Tom wants to prove himself and wants to be a crop in San Francisco where he pretty much got the job of just pending a background check so we all know when you get a background check pending and you know you're going to get the job. It's pretty much a done deal. So they're getting ready for... Tom's getting ready to go over there. Maddie goes to San Francisco to kind of scope out the place and see where they can live. Which brings us to Sonic watching a baseball game. And he's like, oh, it's the playoffs. So he's watching, and in the middle of the night, he decides to play by himself. Which, by far, you realize how fast Sonic is. In such a short amount of time, where he's able to play every position on the entire team. <laughs> on both teams not just yeah. you know the home team but the away team too and you get another clip of that too when he's at home because he's trying to figure out what he's doing he has a library which is a stack of flash comic books it's amazing how many um pop, uh, pop culture references there are in this film there are a lot there's so many in this film they they make so many references it's to like, so it's, many different it's things it's basically it's not a, it's not an old like it's not anything old. It's all new stuff. So basically, it's like Sonic living in 2020. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Sonic is reading Flash comics. Sonic is playing. He's playing ping pong with himself, which is that was. He's doing Fortnite dances and he's doing a bunch of other stuff. Like, which begs the question: like, how does he know about all this? He makes an Uber reference later in the movie. Yeah, he's like he's talking about one, the rest of the Rock president, like just a bunch of different stuff, like bunch of just a bunch of pop culture references to nowadays that everyone talks about. Exactly. So yeah, I I mean Sonic's obviously not around people, right? And the only person who actually knows he exists is Crazy Carl, which if you've seen Kicking It Old School, is uh the the old the old hobo, the great ka 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 ka. Chainsaw Crazy Carl. <laughs> Crazy Carl. He was he's probably one of the funnier characters. As a throwaway gag, and that you're right. There were so many pop culture references in this movie, and it's actually really good. Like I had no no real 
bad things about this movie because like I said I had a real low expectation with what we were talking about on the way to the theater yeah it's like our expectations weren't exactly the best I mean it's a video game movie not everyone they'll never really do a good job of video game movies they really don't but uh, this one actually was really good it wasn't you can tell it was a, based on a video game character but they kind of leaned towards some of the other Sonic stuff around because they had like Sonic X for example where he comes from his world and he lands on Earth Right, and it's pretty much what it is. It's Sonic's X, Sonic X the movie, except not all of his friends are with him. Except it's just Sonic himself, and mm -hmm. he doesn't know any of them yet at all. Exactly. Like, yeah, so that he hasn't come across any of them yet. So, yeah, I guess it's leading up to something like that. Something similar. Because he's basically in the other, on his planet, and his, whatever's on Twitter, his island that he's on. It was just called his, his, his island. He's basically his, his, old, his original, like, planet. Mm -hmm. He said he was alone besides Long Claw. Long Claw. Yeah, Long Claw. So, and apparently, the special character that we see towards the end of the movie in the end credit scene apparently knows him. Or knows about him. Knows about him. So, it kind of, you know, leads to the question of whether or not they're from the same planet or from something else. Exactly. So, that's why I was kind of curious about myself. I mean, I think this movie's going to get a sequel. Oh, yeah, most doubt. I mean,. It's already making a decent amount of money, and I'm pretty sure if it did, it's nice because it didn't do so decently in the run tomato score. Like anybody really cares about that, but audience score wise, I'm pretty sure it was it was fun. It was a fun movie. It's just it's uh, one of those movies where you just feel like you could just chill and watch. Yeah. And just like you just have fun. It's just uh, a guilty pleasure movie. Yeah. For it's adults. It's not bad. Like it's not bad at all. Mm -mm. No, and this was such a kid movie. Like, everybody brought their children there. I think we were the only two adults adults who went to go see it. Yeah, that's... I'm with the, sure with the occasional, it. probably one or two other people, in all honesty. But it, I didn't have no problem with that. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was such a good movie to watch. Like, I'd, I'd buy it just to watch it. Just to have it? Just to have it and yeah. watch it every once in a while. Like, you know, it made, it made me want to watch Sonic X or maybe play the games. Yeah, it makes you want to do some of the other stuff. The Sonic, read Sonic comic books or watch some of the old TV shows. And it's like it's very interesting. And which brings us to why everyone's after Sonic because he does, he's not aware of his own power. But it, what it looks like his emotions drive his powers because when he was getting really sad and lonely, in two cases of the, of the movie, he actually started to show his power a lot more. Yeah, in the first case was he was just like just sad and angry. Like, yeah, and he was, he was just alone. alone. Yeah, exactly. And then he caused the blackout throughout the entire city, uh, uh, to the entire half the planet of the Pacific, basically. Right? Yeah, Pacific the, West, right? The Pacific West was all shut down. I think it was from, well, I think maybe Montana all the way down to wherever else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the Pentagon's like, well, is this a terrorist attack? What is this? Yeah, or an EMP or whatever else. And so, yeah, so they basically decided they got to call in some a special technical guy. Oh, and nobody wants to work with him. And which leads us to, and they, they even said like, oh, we gotta call Robotnik, and everybody's regretting it, because Doctor Robotnik's not just a, not just a guy. He's just a, he's just a, he's splendid. He's a splendid old chap. Jim Carrey nailed it at the park. His take on Robotnik is a little different than how you would see in the cartoon. I don't opinion. think so. I think so. In the beginning, at least. In, in the beginning. Because you know... Because if you play the video games, you yeah. know anything Sonic with it, you know Dr. Eggman or Professor Robotnik is his arch enemy. Yeah, yes. I know that part. 
Right, so it just, like, it thinks the more he interacts with Sonic, the more you just see the hatred growing for him. Yes, especially towards the end of the film where you get to really see his full Mr. Dr. Eggman. Like, yeah, yeah, Jim Carrey does not, like, you're right, he knocked his role out of the park, but you know what? It's just Jim Carrey just being himself. And I love every moment he is with another human. It is the funniest thing ever. I feel like he acts more human when he's around Sonic than he does when he's around people. Oh yeah, he talks down to everybody. And it's almost fucking hilarious. Especially when he's talking to uh, Damien Dart. You know, when he, that first scene's like, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. And he's like, yeah. what? the one thing when he was talking to Tom, he's like, you know what happened to the bully who beat me up? And he just, he's constantly trying to prove himself to everybody when he really doesn't have to. And it just really, he's so close, close to himself. He only has one other person he talks to, and I think that's his only friend. Uh, Stone, right? Stone, yeah, uh, Agent Stone. And it's so funny how they talk to each other, because he's, he's genuinely concerned for him half the time. When he got knocked out by Tom in the, in the kitchen, right? He's going to, he's going to talk to him. It's like, are you okay? Please tell me. We saw you upset. We saw we saw the truck go. He's like, you please tell me you went after them. Well, I came in here to make sure. You know what's the problem with being the smartest person in the world? Talking to talking to stupid people. Yeah, that was Jim Carrey's just he. This is a good Jim Carrey movie. This isn't a Sonic movie. This is Jim Carrey's movie. Yeah, when I was looking at some of like uh, people talking about this film, some were saying that. This is a movie about that could have worked without Sonic. It really could have. If Sonic wasn't in there and it was just Eggman doing Eggman-like things, it would have just been fun. And he's so in love with his drones. He thinks that the human humans are useless. And as, which plays on Robotnik very well because he never interacts with other, other humans. All he has is machines he builds. Yeah, because what do you say? The best thing about machines is that they do everything you say. They follow their programming. They don't stray away. They do what they're told. And he just loves them to death. He had so... And he had so many of them. Yeah. So many drones, and all of them looked like eggs. That was like... There was nothing that was not egg-related with his robots. Which is why he called them Eggman. Yeah, and now now it makes sense. The the highway, highway chase, when he finally recruits Tom to help him out, because he tranked him... So he couldn't run, so obviously Tom has to help. Pulls over on the side of the road and like, get out. Get out of the car right now. He's like, you just gotta go west. And Sonic runs west, and he landed in the Pacific Ocean. And Sonic moves so fast, like the things he does is just hilarious. Like when he shook himself off and he just became puffy, and shook himself again, his hair was all fine. He has his own instant blow dryer. For real, you got a point there. Just like Sonic... It's just, he's like, he's so fast. In this, they, they show that a lot in this film, how fast he is. Yeah, no, no, he is incredibly fast. Like, he's, like, like I was saying, I think he just tries to prove how fast he is throughout the whole movie. Right? And then Sonic is, he's a child. He's an overgrown mm-hmm. child. Yes, he's, he's gotta be at least, like, what? He's gotta be at least 10 to 12. Because he has that mentality. I think he's a teenager. Uh, probably 13. 13, yeah. maybe 14. Yeah. He is a kid. Yeah, he's still a teenager. But he's, he's, he's 13, 13, 14 yeah, years old. Yeah, 13, 14. Yeah, that makes sense. And he's just so childlike, and he's just filled with awe throughout the whole movie. Not, he's never done anything. So when they talk about this bucket list, 
he's going through and trying to figure everything out. He's like, all right, what should I, what do I need to write down? And he looks at the paper. He's like, I haven't done anything. And that's where, yeah, it gets a little sad because you feel bad. It makes you kind of feel bad for Sonic in a sense because he's like, this kid hasn't done anything. He's only watched people do everything. Yeah, he's and, had and, to watch And anything him. that he has done, he's done by himself. Yeah. And that's when Tom feels guilty about it and decides to join him on his quest for his bucket list and yeah. try to see what they get accomplished in one night. And, and they accomplished a lot. In one, in literally in one area. One At a bar. At a bar of all places. Yeah, and then it, the bar scene was one of the more fun scenes too because you see them actually start to get along because Tom didn't like him at first. He's like, fuck, I'm dragged along in this adventure. Don't want to be here. Because he tells him, stay in the truck. And then Sonic is just tempted by the bar and all the fun that's going on over there. So what's he do? Puts on a disguise, and he just goes in there. So now, it was kind of funny, because his hat plays a part into another small small uh, Easter egg. Because we, when we see Knuckles a few times, he has that hat. So it's like they're giving him a small shout-out without giving him a shout-out. Because nothing is name-dropped, because like you were saying, he doesn't know anyone yet. So he doesn't know about probably anything that goes on I think that if they do another movie they're gonna start doing about something about the emeralds you gotta get the chaos emeralds and that's when we Sonic basically became supersonic in a sense towards the end but he just didn't turn gold and when he started to unlock his powers which yeah, here is but basically it's an origin story for Sonic for everybody basically yeah it is an origin origin story yeah it's basically an origin story what is it with every character that gets brought in <laughs> always has to have a human companion yeah no, no they have to have one like like as far as like look at like look at all the the ones they brought to life in live action sequences like pokemon live action had a, had a, had a human companion transformers had a human companion like, <laughs> like yeah they have to have humans to give give some gives, kind of realness yeah, to yeah. everything and Sonic had a human, just everything has to have some type of human to... To kind of move forward with the story. I think it's more of a plot device, to be quite honest. Yeah, I could agree with that one. Yeah, like, you have to just have a human, because you see something extraordinary. To make it so much awe, you have to have a human to be like, what the hell is going on here? Which, basically, everyone had that same reaction, like, what the hell? And what's crazy, too, because we saw, when we first saw the trailer, we saw Sonic have his red shoes. And in the movie, he doesn't get his red shoes till like, the final act. When they finally reach San Francisco. Because they reached it pretty pretty quick, two nights. But so much had happened then. Right, in the highway scene in particular, I left probably in the way early beginning, I run to the bathroom to go, you know, piss and go come back and watch. What, what happened, what I missed? You left after the highway scene. No, I left right before. I came towards the very end where they're cutting off the roof of the truck. A Toyota Tacoma, TRD off-road, I might add. Well, you didn't miss much. It was... Did you... What part did you last saw with after you cut the... Oh, because the little baby egg, right? The little baby egg was the one that cut off the truck. He cut off the truck, and they were just going at... Oh, you know what? Because he just jumped out of the truck and did the Sonic... The classic Sonic spin and knocked over the giant one, mm -hmm. which knocked over a which, baby. Yeah. The giant robot had a baby. And then another one, and another one that came that at the tech Yeah. And you know what's crazy? How everyone kind of started figuring out that there was something going on with Sonic's powers is when he found the quill. Right? Because Tom finds it in the beginning and takes it home. Eggman, when he pretty much barges in to Tom's house, 
he went and grabbed the quill. And that's all he had left. So that thing was like a, it was surging with power. And the quill becomes a big source of what goes on in this film towards the end, too. Exactly. Because that's, at the end, Eggman has that and he's trying to figure out his way home from the mushroom planet. Spoilers ahead, if we haven't figured it out by now. We're talking all about the movie. <laughs> just just so you're sure. Your discretion is advised. <laughs> 20 minutes in, we're like, oh yeah, by the way, we're just going to uh, spoil the entire movie. Hey, we haven't even said what we smoking. Oh my god, what is cinema smoktography about that? We are smoking... Oh my god. Oh, Peach Cobbler by Tangiers. And we have two coals, two flare cubes out of our 80 feet 80 smoking out of the Sayoka Hookah per usual. Right, I think we're just so excited to talk about this. We kind of like forgot all of our openings. Like, why not? Yeah, but like when a movie's this kind of like this kind of hilarious, this this kind of funny, like you just everything just kind of becomes this secondary. This movie was hilarious. Like, there's a lot of funny stuff in this film, and most of it did come from Eggman's interaction with other people. Yeah, I mean, Xylophon signed to be just annoyingly funny. Yeah, he wouldn't shut up. He was a child, just like he didn't shut up at all. But it is what it is. I think they're they were supposed to be like that though. Yeah, because at the at the core value, this is a kids movie. They made it for a children's audience, and it it works so well. Yeah, it was for children's audience, but obviously, you know, adults are gonna watch it because they grew up on this stuff. Exactly. This is a '90s kids like dream come true to see something a a movie they a game they grew up with come to life in a great way like if, like you say superhero I mean it's not superhero movies video game movies are notoriously bad people watch them because they're of oh, pure nostalgia I think how did Tomb Raider have you seen Tomb Raider? which one? the newer one no no the old one the old ones with Angelina Jolie were bad they were good for what they were but they were bad movies in self like I said there's plenty of references I mean they were good enough to have a bunch of them you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean they only had two, but they were still good. Yeah, but they were good it, enough. They did good enough to have a sequel. Game, if a, yeah, if a video game movie can have a sequel. It must have been at least decent. Yeah, look how many Resident Evil has. Exactly. They have like seven. Yeah, but those are just like, it's just like the Underworld movies. They're just they're good draws. You're right. Now back to Sonic the Hedgehog. Before we run off this tangent, Eggman becomes his nat. He's obsessed with him. Like, he's obsessed with just obtaining Sonic and doing yeah. research on him. Yeah, it's funny because he wants to kill him, but he also wants to do research on him. Yeah. Like, he just wants to understand how Sonic works because this is nothing anyone has ever seen. Right? We've never seen, you know, this kind of power ever used. Right? So it's very interesting to see Eggman's, like, pure, you know, curiosity just take a, take a huge effect on what's going on. And it's like he's met his match because Robotnik has never had anybody to match him. You know, intelligent-wise, for sure. sure. And it's not necessarily intelligence either. It's more based on the fact that it's like, yeah, like I said, he's met his match. And everything he's done, Sonic has been able to stop with no, like... No no, problems whatsoever. No, no problems whatsoever. Like, super easy, barely an inconvenience. Yeah, he's basically just using his athletic ability to be the smartness or whatever. His yeah, it's the constant battle of brains versus bronze. Yes, and Braun is winning. Every time. And it's it's puzzling to him. Like, he's getting frustrated beyond all belief. 
And I think like the, when he figured out that the quill as charged, because the quill charges every time Sonic is upset, like it's still a part of him even though it's detached, right? And when he blew up the blew up the, the machine, like the the track, the it's like a car, the drone car chasing them, the quill was still activated and giving out an electrical charge, and that's where Jim Carrey decides to try and get zapped. And then that's where he saw, like, all right, I'm going to examine this a little bit closer now. And that scene itself was fucking hilarious. Eggman just put on some music. And he's like, we all get in that kind of zone when we are trying to do something like cleaning, homework, whatever the case is. We put on a good jam and we go for it. Right? And I think that was actually really cool. And then he gets interrupted by Stone, like, I thought you might want a latte. Of course I want a latte. You I like make the way you make them. <laughs> he's so angry. Even when he's enjoying something, he's angry. And you made an example about it, too, because I, I get the same way about my tea all the time. Like, no, this is my tea. Get away from it. So it's kind of the same thing. So I, I related to that a lot when you said it in the theater. I'm like, you're right. I do like my tea a lot. Of course I want a tea. I like the way you make them. <laughs> <laughs> no, the final act is where everything kind of went up. Because right, this was a really short movie. It felt a lot longer than I expected, though. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, it was, what, a little over an hour? It was about an hour and 20 minutes. No, like an hour and 40 minutes. Let me see. Let me actually, let me actually check out the runtime real quick. Would, yeah, because we got there at 9 o'clock. Right, we got out at like 10.45. 99 minutes. So a little over an hour and a half with, with credits. Yeah, so I mean, we expected to be sure. We didn't know what to expect from this movie. To be runtime wise. And I didn't think they were even going to have an end credit scene. Which they did, which was cool. And then you see. This is where you see the most Sonic Easter eggs, is in that final scene. Because there's a lot of them. Green Hill. Green Hill Zone in the beginning. The town he's living in is called Green Hills. So it's kind of a small callback to what's going on in Sonic Land, right? Then you see Sonic, I forget which Sonic game it was where he's running down the streets of San Francisco, which I think they missed the chance of Sonic on a, on a snowboard going downhill, which would have been pretty cool. But you see a lot of Sonic Easter eggs because that's where he, the whole reason he has to get to San Francisco is because when he got tranked by Tom earlier in the movie, he dropped the ring because he was going to go to the Mushroom Planet. But he, all he sees is when he's dropping the ring, he reads Tom's shirt. San Francisco, and the rings fall on one of the buildings. I forgot what building it was, too. It's one of the tallest buildings in San Francisco, but yeah. it. Um, I forgot what that building's called. But that's not important. The important part is... I call it the Needle Building. Yeah. The Needle Building, that's where the, the rings fell. So that's why they're on this adventure to go get them. You're right, I do have a habit of smoking when I have nothing else to say. But it's alright. That's what we do here. We're just chilling, guys. Chilling. Talking about Sonic. That's that's just how most of our cinema spectacles go. We just sit around and talk about movies. Yeah, we gotta drag the runtime. Yeah, you, you're <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what I really liked about it, towards the end, because like I said, they had so many Sonic Easter eggs, where he's throwing the rings and going all over the world. Right, He's running through the Great Wall of China, which is in another Sonic game. He's going through the pyramids. And that's where Eggman finally using the quill to power his machine. And there was two scenes in particular where they did the, they really just did the uh, 
I call it the Quicksilver effect, right? Where he's moving so fast, everything else is slow. Right? He did it in and the bar. always gotta have some type of song to go with it. Yeah. And twice they, they accomplished it twice, and I thought it was beautifully it, executed. Oh yeah, I know. No, you're right. It was a it was a great little callback, and then the second time when he's in San Francisco taking out all the machines, he Eggman is pressing the button so now he can move just as fast as Sonic. And now it's becoming a, a speed battle. And it's just like how Eggman chases him in the games. Like, he's chasing him with the machine at the end. But we don't see Robotnik's, like, big Robotnik suit fighting him. Although, if they did something like that, that would have been pretty cool, too. Yeah, but he's not in full Eggman gear yet, so... Oh, that's gonna be a second, second movie kind of thing. Because yeah. Jim Carrey, like, we all know what Dr. Eggman looks like. He's bald, he has a big orange mustache with the goggles on. Right, Jim Carrey, does, he wears glasses and he wears goggles towards, for more of the scenes he's fighting Sonic, but you don't see him put on the, don the red suit until the very end, which, which is cool, because like, everyone has to get to their, that point, just like how Jared Letter's Joker didn't put on the mask right away, or how Iron Man didn't put on the suit right away, you had to work his way up to that, you know, and that's exactly what they did with Eggman, and they make a joke about it, like, what are you even wearing? It's a it's a flight suit. It reduces drag. I forgot what else. It was stylish, I think, is what he said. Mm. So it was, it was really, really great to see how Eggman was able to fight Sonic. And then they finally make it to the very end where Sonic is in Green Hills after he throws Tom and uh, Maddie off, of, off the building to save them. Which, once, they, once Sonic fell off before the major fight began... We got our one of our other Sonic Easter eggs too, the rings, right? Because we all know like once you hit something, all your rings fly away. So Sonic fell, took damage, and all the rings fell out. And what's he? He has to pick, he picks them all up and starts running. I thought they were gonna run out of rings. And the last I ring, I was wondering about that whether or not how many rings are in that damn bag because apparently he has so many. Yeah, like he could have gone anywhere, and he was using them like pretty crazy, much like, like nothing, like crazy. Yeah, yeah, like and he was just going all over the world. Like, and if you have to really think about where you're going and Sonic doesn't know anything, how does he know to go to the Great Wall of China? How does he know to go to, you know, Green Hills or... Well, Green Hills is kind of a given. He knows that place. But, like, Egypt and other places like that. France. He didn't... Like, you didn't go any... Like, if you don't know anything or know about the... Well, he oh, does know about places because he's... I think he may... Well, he's reading Flash comics. I'm sure that he probably would have found it. But still, I don't... I, it, it didn't dawn to me, like... When I'm watching, like, how does he know about all these places where to go? Yeah, because he didn't even know where San Francisco was at. But you but, know where Paris is. Yeah. You know about Paris, Egypt, and China. Well, yeah, I can see where the plot right there could be a little weird. Yeah, but, I mean, I think it was just for the for the fact that he has to run all over the place. And he's realizing that he can't outrun Eggman. Unless so, he's literally just saying, take me to a random place. Yeah, random place on Earth. That's where he's thinking. Well, he has to think on the fly, too. So, I mean, he's being chased around by a madman with a jet firing rockets at him. I'm sure you have to figure out something. What was fun about it, towards the end, like, and that's where you see see everything kind of come together. Because Tom really wants to leave this small town. Right? And then everyone's just trying to give, get to where they're going. So they finally, the final confrontation is in Green Hills. And where we see... You know, Sonic just get blown up and he's like knocked out. 
right? And he's he's there, and then Tom stands and he's like, he's my friend. And mm. Sonic's never had a friend. And they even had this conversation. And that, like, and that basically just woke up a power surge between Sonic and, and just gave him, like, a second heartbeat, I guess you could say. Or like yeah, a, his second wind. His second that... wind, there we go, second wind, mm-hmm. to just all of a sudden go supersonic and just, like, whoop ass. Now, do you know what? It kind of reminded me when Goku turned Super Saiyan for the first time. Everything just kind of darks out. Powers emerging, then Goku becomes gold, but Sonic just is just raging with blue energy. No, I see it more as like a kind of like a the first part of Ultra Instinct before he masters his before he masters his craft. Okay, I can see that. He has Omen going on pretty yeah. much. He's at a full. He's at a full power yet. This is this is not his final form. Sonic has two more forms to get to, and then he's at a hundred percent power. And then he's gonna blow up upon it in five minutes. That takes thirty minutes. So, but that's that was the cra- craziest part. And then Tom's using a ring too to get behind Eggman and start fighting him. And then at the end, Sonic use throws. I love that line. He's like, I'm not leaving this planet. You are. Throws the ring to the mushroom planet and just spiral rolls him right into there. And that's where we think we're never gonna see Eggman again, right? And then after that, Sonic is now living in Tom's house. And the government's coming to thank Tom for helping him out. He's like, sorry about that. Robotnik guy, like, he never existed. No one ever of that name comes to mind. Right? And then Sonic's going back to his cave, and they're treating Sonic like they're his kid. Like, they're, that's, that's their new child. It's like, you gotta go back to your cave. It's a school night. Okay, he's like, you said I gotta go back to my cave. So apparently Sonic is in school now. Yeah, he's gotta get an education. And then his cave is... Upstairs in the basement, and not the basement. Sorry, attic. the attic. In the attic, it's basically his cave redone. Yeah, and he's like, "How'd you get everything in here?" Just so so amazed, and it's super fun. That like it was that was a great way to end it. Like it's, Sonic has his new home, he has a family, and he pretty much he can go talk to anyone now, even Crazy Carl with the chainsaw. That I think that was pretty funny. He's like, "Let's get him!" I don't know. Put that down, Carl. Put that down, Carl. No one needs that. No need for excessive force. Hmm. <laughs> and then we that part s- was hilarious. That was that was pretty funny. And then once that ends, we see the Mushroom Planet, right? We see it. I'd still say that's the Mushroom Kingdom, and he's gonna find Bowser. And he's gonna team up with Mario. That's what's gonna happen: <laughs> Mario versus Sonic, the movie. Who needs King Kong versus Godzilla? I need that. I need that very much. Don't you ever play like that again. <laughs> And then we see, and that's where we see full Robotnik. He is shaving his head bald. And he's, I love that confidence that Eggman gives at the end. He's like, a no, like no, no way of getting home. Stranded on a planet nobody really knows. Filled with no life. The only man here. He carves his own Dr. Uh, Agent Stone. He's like, go for rock salvation. Ah, then he's Rock, la- get it <laughs> <laughs> and then you see him have that full Eggman look and he's like a norm- and he has the quill still any normal man would die but I'll be home by next Christmas so we know when the next Sonic movie is coming out Christmas 2021 and that's pretty much where the movie ends 
then the first set of credits roll and then we get our end credit scene where you see another ring open up right outside of Green Hills and who walks walks through everybody's favorite character Tails Tails pops up he's like ah he must be here I gotta find him and then he just flies off so I think like that's this movie's gonna have a sequel and if they don't I'm gonna be really sad because they really left a cliffhanger right there so overall that's that's a Sonic movie in a nutshell I really did enjoy this movie I, I would go see this movie again in theaters it was fun it was a heartwarming film it was a lot better than I expected, and I'm glad. I like movies when I have no expectations for them, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh, wow, this movie actually surprised me. Right. Because like, a lot of us go see movies because we want to see something we haven't that, that's different. Right? Because we've all seen superhero movies before, and we, like, like I said, we are talking about it. We didn't think it was going to be great, that good. It came out a lot better. Because when you watch something like an MCU film, you already expect it to be a great film because of their track record. Except for Captain Marvel. We don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about that. But it was a good. It was a good movie. It was a movie filled with unexpected things that none of us really think was going to happen. Right. So I think at the end of the day, like, you guys should go see this movie. Like, you I take the was, time if you have nothing else to do. And we're trying to figure a, out what I think to it do. Was a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Eight out of ten is a pretty solid score for that for this movie. Because it's not. It's, it's something you definitely will take kids to. Yeah, so it's like it's a nice kid film. So yeah, you, you got watch, something to do and you need to keep you the kids quiet. You got nieces and nephews or kids yourself. Anyone who's listening, I'd watch this movie with them. Yeah, yeah like this is a fun movie to yeah. watch with them. Yeah, exactly. Now, like eight out of ten sounds sounds about right. It wasn't like the best film ever made, but it was a very very enjoyable film. It's filled with laughter, filled with you know heartwarming you know CGI characters. And if you just miss Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. This is going to be something for you. Because he even moves like a robot. like, And he makes the sounds, too. So it's even funnier. Yeah, Reminds he, me of like that dude from Grandma's Boy. Boy. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> but that's Ricky pretty JP. much... JP. JP. <laughs> but I think that's all we really got for this, don't we, Isaac? Final thoughts? Go take your kids to see this. Go, or go see it by yourself. You want date night? This is a good movie to go see. It'll make you laugh. 8 out of 10. And that's all that we have for you guys today. And keep in mind, we're going to be posting these all over the Facebooks. Right? So if you're not on the Hookahologist Facebook, you should go check that out. That's where we're going to be releasing this. You'll be finding us on Spotify or wherever else. You know, Anchor lets us, lets us play this. Right? Anchor is very nice to be our sponsor for this. Until we get more sponsors. Sega. We'll talk about more about your stuff for you sponsor this film, this film, this podcast. But until next time, guys, I'm your friendly neighborhood hookologist. I'm the producer man, Isaac. Until next time, keep smoking.